0: In a reading from Joshua 11.23, So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had said to Moses, and Joshua gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their divisions by their tribe. Then the land rested from war. But I also want to read Joshua 11.23. If you want real rest, trust in the Lord. And thank you, Nathan, for that reading. Appreciate that so very much. Uh, We do have guests with us. You're not visitors, you're guests. And we want you to know you are always an honored guest here at Seventy West. If you don't mind, pass those uh, attendance cards to the inside aisle and they'll be picked up at this time. Go back to that passage that Nathan just read. So the land rested from war. Does it seem to you that we're in war today? Does it seem to you that life is not The way you want it to be? Are there things happening in our world that goes contrary to your belief? How do you find real rest? How do you find real rest? The story is told, the fictional story is told, about a man that uh, he was standing waist deep in water. In fact, he was in a river that emptied just a few uh, hundred yards from him into the ocean. He spoke to the man on the the bank. He said, Sir, are there any alligators in this river? The man said, Oh, no, there's no alligators in our river. The man in the water still had some doubts. He said, uh, but uh, i got a question then. Why do I keep on seeing little gray forms all floating around out there around me? The man on the bank said, oh, those are not the alligators. Those are the sharks that chased away the alligators. You know what? Life is kind of like that. It's that, it's some like, Sometimes it seems that uh, you get rid of one problem and another one takes its place. It's like you traded alligators for sharks. Have we traded alligators for sharks in our world today? The attack upon families, upon marriage, upon the home? What do we do? Do you wonder... Will I ever get any real rest from the struggle that I'm in? Will I ever gain complete victory over the enemy in my life? Will I ever find any peace that will last? Well, the good news is yes. You can get real rest from the struggles of life. And it's found here in Joshua chapter 11. Joshua chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, heard these things. What things? He heard about how Joshua and the army of Israel had conquered the armies of the south. And he's worried. He's a king in the north. So what does he do? He calls on his friends, the other kings of other city-states in the north. He says, hey, come and join me in the battle. Verse 4, so they went out, they and all their armies with them. We've got a big army. How big is it? As many people as the sand that is on the seashore in multitude, with very many horses and chariots we got a lot of soldiers here. We don't know the exact number. Josephus, a first century historian, quoting a Jewish legend, said it was 300,000 foot soldiers, 10,000 soldiers on horses, and 10,000 soldiers in chariots. It doesn't matter how big it is. It is big. It is massive. This is going to be a challenge for Joshua. And when all these kings had met together, they came and camped together. What are they doing? They're getting ready to go to war against Joshua. What had happened to Joshua right here? Well, the king in the north, Heard that Joshua had completely conquered all the kings in the south, so they gather all their armies together to fight against Israel. This is going to be one big army. Military strategists, they estimate that a soldier on horseback is worth dozens and dozens of foot soldiers on the ground. What had Joshua done? He had traded alligators for sharks. The armies of the south which were bad, for the armies of the north, which were worse, and their gray forms are lurking on the horizon. When life seems the darkest, and let's be honest, 2021, well, actually 2020 and 2021 has been pretty dark. When life seems the darkest, trust in the Lord. Verse number six, notice what? God says to Joshua. But the Lord said to Joshua, (laughs) Do not be afraid. (laughs) I I can almost picture God, you know, (laughs) Joshua, do not be afraid about this. Because of them, for tomorrow, about this time, I will deliver, not you will be victorious. But I will deliver them. I'm going to be victorious, and you're going to reap the benefits. I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all the people of war, what do they do? Do they sit down and say, well, God said He'll do it, so we'll just wait for Him to do it. No. Joshua and all the people of war with him came against them suddenly by the waters of Miram, and they attacked them. Joshua trusted in the Lord. With God's assurance ringing in his ears, Joshua, he did not wait for the enemy to come to him. He moved. It was about a five-day journey for an army his size But Joshua made the journey and attacked right away. Why? Because he believed in God. He trusted in the Lord. Verse number 8, And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel. God did exactly what God said He would do. And what happens? They attacked them until they left, none of them remaining. So Joshua did to the Lord, had told him. He hamstringed their horses and burned their chariots with fire. How was that possible? Because he trusted in the Lord. Joshua killed every enemy soldier. He crippled their horses and he burned their chariots just like God had asked him to do. But wait right here. Joshua... Why did you burn the chariots? That would have been something I could use later on. You know, it doesn't make a lot of human sense for him to burn the chariots because he could have used those horses and chariots for his battles on his behalf to great advantage. So why? Why would God ask him to make them useless? Why would God have him to destroy an asset that he could have used is simply this. It's because God wants His people to depend on Him. He wants His people to depend on Him, not on horses and chariots, not on the latest technologies, and not on their own devices and schemes. He wants them to go back to the simple way of just trusting in Him. Have we kind of lost sight of what we need to do in our world. Psalm chapter 20, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we, we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Isaiah chapter 31, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. Woe to you. It won't work. It just won't work. God wants His people to look to Him when they are in trouble. He wants us to turn to Him. He wants us to open up that avenue of prayer. Do we pray as often as we should? That's what God is asking Joshua to do, to trust in Him. And that's what He asked you to do as well today. If you want to find real rest from the struggles in your life, don't trust your own devices, your own abilities. Instead, trust the Lord. Depend on His power. Depend on His power and rely on His promises to you just like Joshua did. That was Joshua's secret. I want to take you back not quite 20 years ago. Ward 4 in Perigal is a kind of a unique ward because it's all residential. I say all residential. It's all residential except for a little tiny strip of commercial along the highway, the main highway that splits Ward 4 into two parts. Walmart bought a farm that was in Ward 4. And they declared their intention on building a new super center there in Perigal. That was going to be smack dab in the middle of the residential part. A good move for them commercially, but a bad move for families. We didn't want to see Walmart there because why? Because we didn't want to see a ready source of alcohol made available there so close to our families. As moms and dads, we wanted to protect our families. So we mounted, first off, we mounted a campaign, a petition drive to put on the ballot a campaign to make Ward 4 dry. It wouldn't affect the rest of the city. It just would affect Ward 4. I had two people that were pretty much involved in a national president that told me, Michael, you are foolish for even thinking this. Your elders are even foolish, more foolish to even think this, that this could be done. They told me at first we couldn't get it on the ballot. We got it on the ballot in five weeks. (laughs) Five weeks we got the petition done. Then it was on the ballot. Then they told us, well, you're going to lose. You're going to lose big time. In the history of Greene County, the biggest victory ever for a big election that drew more than a thousand votes was our election. We won 81% to 19%. How was that possible? Because my elders had the foresight they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to preach on Sundays, but the other six days of the week, you're going to be working, getting people talking about this, thinking about this, praying about this. And we instituted a massive prayer campaign. Probably the biggest prayer campaign that ever had ever happened in Greene County, Arkansas. I give all the credit, all the glory to God. Because His... Answer came to our prayers, even though the experts said we would lose big time. In the words of one man who talked to me, he said, You know, Michael, you know I'm an alcoholic. I like to drink. But I'm going to vote no. I'm going to vote no to alcohol. I'm going to vote to make Ward 4 dry because we don't need it out here where we live. Wow! If you want real rest, trust in the Lord. Our prayers were answered 81 to 19%. It was called a landslide, and it was. Think for a moment about the cross. When you look at the cross, it seemed like Satan had won. Think about it. When they nailed Jesus to that cross, and it seemed like the greatest... Injustice ever done to an innocent man had happened. But God used the cross to punish your sins and mine so He could justly save all who put their trust in Him and obey. Furthermore, the cross dealt the final blow to Satan himself, for it was there that Jesus rendered Satan powerless. So no matter how much evil seems to prevail today, trust the Lord to make it right. Trust Him, because His Word never fails. Don't trust in your own schemes, because when you do, there's no rest from the struggle against evil. That's because you're worried. You're worried about being smart enough or strong enough to defeat the enemy. And guess what? You're not smart enough and you're not strong enough by yourself. But when you put your trust in the Lord like Joshua did, when you depend on His power and His promises, you don't have to worry anymore because God will take care of you. Instead, you can rest in the assurance that God will fight for you. So if you want to find real rest from the struggle in your own life, just trust the Lord. Then obey the Lord. Do what he tells you to do in his word. Submit to God in everything. That's what Joshua did. Verse number 10. So Joshua turned back at that time and took Hazor and struck its king with the sword, for Hazor was formerly the head of all those kingdoms. It's the main capital city, probably the most fortified, the strongest. Verse 11, And they struck all the people who were in it with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying destroying them. There was none left breathing. Then he burned Hazor with fire. Then go to verse 15. So Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. What are we talking about here? We're talking about real obedience. Complete obedience. After defeating the enemies of the north, Joshua, he takes their cities, doing everything. Let me emphasize the word everything that the Lord said to do. As the text said, he left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded. Joshua obeyed the Lord. And that's what you must do if you want to find real rest from the struggle in your own life. As you depend on Him, do everything He tells you to do. Leave nothing undone of all that God has commanded you. Here's the problem, though. The problem is many people treat God's command like a buffet. You know, you go to the restaurant, there's a buffet. They take what they like but they leave the rest. They like God's command to love your neighbor, but they ignore the one that says, flee sexual immorality. They like Jesus' command, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, but they ignore the one where he says, if anyone would deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. They like the commands that don't seem to cost too much. But they ignore the ones which will call for self denial and sacrifice. Then they wonder why their life is in such a turmoil. You see, selective obedience is really disobedience, and disobedience always results in disorder and disaster. Please, if you want real rest from the struggle in your own life, don't pick and choose which commands you're going to obey. Instead, like Joshua, leave nothing undone of all that God has commanded you. Obey God. That's radical. That's radical obedience. that You'll find real rest. However, you, you cannot obey God like that on your own. That's why you need to trust Him. You need to call Him to your side and trust in God to help you in your struggles. That's why you need to depend on Him first. Then as you depend on the Lord, He gives you the strength to do all that He has commanded you to do. Don't... Just look to Jesus as a ticket to forgiveness and little else. Look to Jesus to transform your life from the inside out. If you want to find real rest from the struggles in your life, trust the Lord, then obey the Lord, and finally wait on the Lord. Be patient. Persevere. Don't give up until the victory is won. That's what Joshua did. The rest of chapter 11 and all of chapter 12 describes Joshua's conquest of the promised land and the kings that he subdued. Notice verse 18. Joshua made war a long time. Circle that phrase, a long time. With all those kings. It didn't happen overnight. It took some time. Rest came through Joshua's faith and obedience over time. It took a long time for him to experience that rest that we read about in verse 23. But Joshua was patient. He didn't give up that victory until the victory was won. And he was rewarded. And that's what you must do if you want to experience rest from the struggles in your own life. Trust the Lord to be sure. Obey Him most definitely, but also wait on Him. It's going to take some time, so be patient with the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Strength and rest come to those who wait for the Lord. They don't give up on Him ever. A modern-day parable was told about a woman who had so many problems in her marriage, so many struggles in her family, she didn't know what to do. So one night, as this fictional story goes, she had a dream. And in the dream, she met Jesus. And she said, Jesus, I just want to find some peace in life, in my marriage. I want my family to, to get along and to prosper and do well. And, and I want my family to, uh, to, to love each other. Jesus said, well, that's easy. Here. And he gave the woman several packages. She looks at the packages. She said, what's, what's, what's this? Jesus said, well, those are seeds. And on each package was a different word. One package said peace. One package said a family understanding. One package said compassion. Each package had a different word on it. And Jesus said, all you got to do is go out and plant those seeds, nurture them, help them to grow, water them, do all you can to help them to grow, and you'll see things will get better in your marriage and in your family. The woman looked at the packages and threw them down and walked away. She said, I want instant answers, not something i got to work on. Do we want instant answers? Instant gratification? Instant results without putting forth the effort? Without putting forth the time? If you want to find rest from the struggle in your own life, Whatever that struggle might be, family, marriage, work. First, trust the Lord. Then obey the Lord. But also don't forget to wait on the Lord as well. Find rest from the struggle, not in your own effort, but in the Lord, who always will fight for you. Now, it comes to two slides you always know I'm going to have. Every time, it pops up. Are you a Christian? These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus Himself. Each one is from Jesus. To believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. As a Christian, do you need to seek His forgiveness? 1 John 1, verse 9. We're going to have elders up here waiting for you. They want to help. The church stands ready to pray with you and for you. Will you make that decision this morning? While we stand and sing for your encouragement, please come.